Hey, HBs. This is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends have a book club each week and you get to listen in on all the shenanigans. Let's start off with a Patreon shout out because we could not do this without each and every one of our patrons. Katie K, you are the witch of the wild made modern. You use your powerful magic for good, whether it's through humor, the way you wield a makeup brush, or bringing cosplay to life. I also have a feeling that when behind the bar, your party potions can be legendary. Like the witch you're inspired by, you also have powerful healing magic. You can pick up a friend who's down with a look, a kind word, a funny joke, or a cutting remark aimed at the person who hurt them. You can take down your loved one's enemies with the best of them, and you're not afraid to go there. I am so glad our cult has you to entertain and protect us. All right. Let's get started on part two of One War Blue by Heather Graham. Once again, big, big trigger warnings for depictions of slavery and hate speech. Okay, here we go. Hi, Erin. <laughs> hey, how are you? How are you? I am well. Yeah, I am doing well. What's up? How was your week? Not much. Did you finish this book? Boy. It was honestly <laughs> touch like, and go there for a while. I think yesterday you talked to me 66%. Yeah. You guys, this book is so long. And it's I kept so reading long. and being like, I'm sorry, 46%. I was just at 42%. Like 45 minutes I swear ago. I would be reading and I would look and it would be 46%. And I could have sworn... I was at 55% a moment ago, and suddenly I've gone back in time. That's how I felt. I know. I felt like the more I read, the more book there was. You guys, like, I have so many notes that are like, they marched north? Where romance? <laughs> Every like time a chapter began, I skipped 10 pages, and I still didn't skip all of the bullshit at the beginning of every chapter that was just like... And a new day rose for the Confederacy, and the Schmur Schmurs marched yeah. Schmarf, and then they and then this smoothed, name dropped. I swear, and then that I name can't. dropped, and then oh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle on that ridge over there. Oh my god! And so Did then you somebody how many made times? a tactical retreat, and then this other name drop decided that it was best to go fuck themselves. I wish that had been the last <laughs> like, the way that that thing ended, but no, that is not the way that it ended. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to search this book for the name Jeb, and then I'm going to tell you how many times <laughs> Please. she mentions the name Jeb Stewart, who we actually meet for, he gets a cameo. Heather Graham has such a fucking hard-on for Jeb Stewart. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I'm sorry. At me. I don't care. At me. You cannot say that this woman isn't really into Jeb Stewart. Okay, gotta... let's see. 32 times. Wow. 32 times. 32 times. Wow. A Confederate general. He is apparently a character in the book because he walks up one time and says some words, but like who is not part of the story whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's like reading a contemporary book and the president is mentioned 32 times. That is like the level of like. Yeah, absolutely. I just cannot. Or maybe like the Secretary of State or something, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so, well, not to mention that, like, 
Robert E. Lee is mentioned eight times, which honestly seems low, but still. Dude, yeah, that seems pretty low, it considering does. they're in Tadwater, Virginia. Granted, I searched Robert E. Lee for his whole name. Oh, That's, Lee happens a lot. Lee yeah. happens a metric fuck ton. But my favorite, I searched it just because I wanted to point out the time these, she said, the Southern boys commanded by the genteel and remarkable Robert E. Lee. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. <laughs> so anyway. <sighs> All right. Did you notice the time that she started to say Stonewall Jackson and then she stopped herself and she's like, I mean, Andy. Uh-huh. It's like, Jesus, what are you like personal friends with Stonewall Jackson? Apparently. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Hey guys. Oh, hi. We're everyone. still reading this book. Turns out. I have been attempting to read this book for two or three weeks. How many so weeks has it been? Long. Oh, God. Like, like four, right? It's been a while. Yeah. Anyway. Because we had the whole Christina Lauren week, was a bonus week. Yeah. And this took us two weeks to do. Yeah. We've got to herbs fast. We got to right, herbs let fast. Let me switch from seconds to time. All right. Okay. We're four minutes in. We're going to do this. I'm going to watch the time and also watch the percentage that we've covered. And I'm going to be a taskmaster. You ready? I'm into it. Oh, you task right. me. You master me, Aaron. I am giving you consent to do That's that. That's what I'm to born me. for. Okay. That's right. All right. Okay. Part so two. She is a house from... divided. Oh, God. <laughs> if Kiernan is back from Europe, guys, she's done Kiernan with her is... studies. What did she study? We don't know. We don't Lady give a fuck. things. What we care about is that she's riding around and she rides in the ridge up above Cameron Hall, because the historical always... home of Jesse and Daniel Cameron. That's right. And she always wanted to be mistress of Cameron Hall. Oh, God. She always wanted to order all the slaves that live there around instead of all the slaves that are at her house. You know, she wanted domain over both areas. And, and then, just by happenstance... yeah. It keeps on happening like that. I feel like she's like far off. I feel like she's like up on the ridge looking down. It seems and like And like it. somehow it's just like trot, 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 trot. Pegasus is still fucking alive somehow. <laughs> the horse of Jesse Cameron fought in the cavalry, but still trotting still around. Still going great. And then he's like, huh, to what do we owe the pleasure of such a beautiful woman at Cameron Hall? Yeah. So my she, note he takes is, her off her horse. My note is. He comes up behind her and is like, hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) It really is like that. And she slides down his body off the horse. And then she looks into his deep ice blue eyes. And she's like, where can we go? He kisses her hard. Oh, and he kisses her hard. He kisses her real hard. It's like that, but sexy. And she's like, where can we go? And then it's on TM. So they run down the hill to this abandoned gazebo thing or majigger. It's very sound of music. With the Nazi yes. soldier, that scene. Yeah. You are 16 they going get on 32. What? Because <laughs> Seb's 32. <laughs> they get inside. There's nothing in there. It's just a floor and like a dusty floor. Did you know, notice this uh, little passage? Sup, sup. He swept the elegant little hat from her head. Oh, yes. What do you think that elegant little hat looked like? It's a little fascinator. Do you think it's one of those little top hats that like steampunk people wear? Yeah, it's a Kentucky Tiny Derby top hat, top hat oh fascinator, you guys. I want it so much to have been a teeny <laughs> tiny little top hat that she was wearing. <laughs> and he just swept it right off swept her head. Right I off. wanted it so badly. Yeah. Okay. So then he puts his cape down on the floor or whatever, I'm sure. And then there's a sexy time. Oh, no, time. there's a wrought iron table, apparently, that I herbsed. So oh. they're on that table. Oh. 
Cool. Yeah, there was no chase, no bed, no lounge within the gazebo, but a cloth lay over a wrought iron table. Jessie swept the cloth from the table and laid it upon the floor, then returned for her. Not even the wildest fires of raw desire could strip away the cold within the summer house, and so he did not seek to divest her of her clothing. So we've got a clothes-on bonin in Civil War times right yep. here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right through that corset. So, um, it's fine. They fuck for what? 20 pages? It's a many pages. <laughs> Sex scenes are so long in this book. They're long and flowery and like they attempt to get a bunch of images into your brain that didn't quite work for me. I've like highlighted the, a couple passages. Yes, would you like to hear them? I would like that. This one, I cannot figure out if it is a typo or it is a purposeful. Oh. So I'm not trying to make fun of a typo in a book. I just want to know what you think. Mm. Her finger, just the one. One finger. Got it. Her mm-hmm. finger closed around his surging hardness and mm. the heat of vital life. So he's like a hook hand kind of finger? So it seems like it's her <laughs> one finger. Also, have you ever thought of calling a dick the heat and vital life of a man. Mm, no, but I definitely highlighted that too. <laughs> that is totally new for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she almost pulled away, startled by the searing power and that very masculine life and power and pulse. She's just got one little crooked finger that's around right. it. She's just do you think that's a typo? Or do you think she just right had up. one little hooked finger? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. She became fascinated with him and explored that living steel. There are so many great words for cock in this book. I don't like it. By great, I just mean, like, interesting. Mm. (laughs) Trembling as she stroked and caressed, discovered the... Oh, yep, this is why I highlighted this one. (laughs) Trembling as she stroked and caressed, discovered the dark nest of hair at his coin. Oh, yeah. Comma, the soft sacks within it. So buried... Buried within his pubes <laughs> are the soft sacks, and again, the driving rod of his sex. It's like, whoa. Then, okay, then, so guys. fast forward a little bit. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, fast All forward. Right. The cry within her own body was answered by the hard and thundering thrust of his shaft oh, deep, yeah. deep, deep inside her, seeming to touch her womb. Uh-huh. And her heart. He got uh, right up in there, right? Womb, then heart. Two stops That's on the like train. That's Belinda Blinks shit. He is not in her womb. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, he is in her heart. Okay? That's where he <sighs> is. <laughs> anyway, there you go, guys. That's what the sex is like in this book. But, like, her little crooked finger around his penis was one of the funniest things I've that ever imagined. Wish... Just be like, boop. <laughs> yeah, I must have herbs that because that is an excellent image. I think it's a typo. I think she meant yeah, fingers. Yeah, I think she fingers. Had yeah. All right. So then he's like, I missed you so much. How did I live without you? He's like talking into the crook of her neck. And he's like, oh, you're the best thing that's ever happened to the whole wide world. And sure. Uh-huh. She and says, oh, Jesse, is it always like this? And he and, says, yeah. no, it's never it's like never this. never like this. Mm-mm. This is special. <laughs> and then he's like, marry me. Because this is yeah. mm, the third time. Third time he has asked her to marry him. She says, promise me that you'll be with me, that you'll always be with me. And he says, right or wrong, on your side. And she says, oh, Jesse, this is your side. Uh You're a Virginian. It all happens It's always like this. We just fucking just had this fight. We just did this. Don't worry, you guys. We're going to have it again. So they have this same fight again. And then his brother interrupts them. So we don't have to do the whole fight, which was like, honestly, so nice for me. So his brother comes in and he interrupts. We only did five pages of it. 
Just yeah. Just putting it out there. That's we true. We did a lot. Okay. That's true. All right. Same. All right. So then his brother comes in after, thank goodness, they have like, you know, laced up and stuff. Although her hair mm-hmm. is all askew and blah, blah, blah. And his brother's like, South Carolina has seceded. And I forgot that we used to reference states as she's, like boats. People reference uh-huh. boats as she's. I forgot people did that. I think we still do. I have never I think done we that. we still do. I reference states We as... still reference countries as she's. We do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like uh-huh. France and her constituency? Oh, clearly you haven't had to sing a lot of songs for the army in your no. time, but... <laughs> Both states and countries are she's. Wow, I had no idea. Okay, so then we go through about 20 pages of the states seceding left and right. Don't worry, there is a description of every state and the manner in which they seceded and the meetings they had before they seceded and Mm -hmm. the letters that they sent to other states about seceding. Like, it's a whole thing. Then there is a Christmas party at Cameron Hall, Jesse's house. This is where she thinks about how she had always dreamed of wanting to be the lady of Cameron Hall. And like, it's gross to me because she's like, I always dreamed of decorating Cameron Hall and preparing these dinners and blah, blah, blah. It's like, bitch, you're not doing that. No, you have never decorated a motherfucking thing in your life and you certainly haven't cooked anything. Okay, I'm being tasking master. I've got it. I'm looking at it. I'm watching. I'm not worried about it. I'm just. Okay. So somebody, she says this to somebody that she would love to be the lady or whatever. Somebody said, why didn't you marry Daniel? He's the other Cameron. They're like, Daniel would have married you long ago. She blushed. No, I don't mean the hall, although I do love it. She turned to him. Oh, it's Jesse. She turned to him very seriously. Jesse, I want you and I want the life that we've always led. I want the river. I want the land. I want years of Christmases like this one. I want the elegance. He says, you know how much work a plantation is. Yes, she did know. It was dawn-to-desk work, no matter how many slaves a man or a woman owned. It was constant supervision of a massive household. The laundry, the candles, beeswax, baking, sewing, cleaning, buying, harvesting, and always listening to problems, solving them, and then starting all over again. But Kiernan had never minded. She had been her father's hostess since she was a child, and she had learned so very much that way. And all the work, and all the work was for moments like these, moments where she could stand and look out upon the river. I swear to God, she she laments all the back-breaking work of fucking supervising the slaves. And then says all of it is for a moment where she can look out upon the river. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's so fucking, it's so mm-hmm. fucking gross. Oh, yeah. And don't so worry, gross. you guys, because during this passage, the author makes sure to include that they could hear laughter and singing from the slave quarters. Go fuck oh, yeah. yourself. Yeah. This fucking picturesque nonsense about what the antebellum South mm-hmm. was just makes me want to kick Everything in front of me and behind me and around me, just give me something to kick. (sighs) Oh, it makes me so... I have that exact thing highlighted. I just could not believe that that was written on a page. By the way, 1991, I went back this week and looked. It's 1991 is when this was published. That's when this was published? Okay. Uh I don't know. I don't know, man. The thing is, it's not a contemporary where I feel like I don't know how to quite say this. 
I feel like there was a time in romance novels where like bodice rippers were popular and that's what Mm -hmm. people were writing. And that's where we get a lot of classic romance novels with a lot of consent issues. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of of a time that we can a little bit forgive. Yeah. Well, and a good example of Slavery has always been fucking bad. Now, in 1999, in 1972, like there's never a time where it's like, you guys, slavery apologies were really popular in romance that year. Like, you that's guys, not a thing. What you know can what I we mean? do? It's just reflecting the culture. It's fucking not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. Anyway, okay. So then basically at this party, he takes her out on the thing because oh, yeah, she dances with Anthony. Smooching. Anthony proposes marriage to her. Jesse cuts in. They dance around a little bit, and then he dances her out the door and onto the porch. And mm-hmm. then they get caught kissing by her dad. Jesse's like, this is now the fifth time I have proposed to your daughter. I would like to now ask you to get involved because she hasn't said yes to me yet. And I figure it can't hurt. And then the dad is like, well, son, you know, we're not really sure where your loyalties are going to lie mm-hmm. if things happen in old Virginia. And Jesse's like, yes, sir, that's true. I will say, I feel like the dad's thing is not the same as Kiernan's thing. Because I don't think the dad's like, you're a yank, and so I could never accept you as a son. I think the problem is he's leaving. Yeah. Like, he's going to abandon his daughter and go, like, be in the North, and she's not going to have a husband anymore. So I think it's a combination of that. Because regardless of who you marry right before the Civil War, there's a good 80% chance he's going to ride off into battle, right? Yeah. But I think that it's a combination of... He knows that he's going to be on the other side and in battle. And then he also knows that his daughter is, you know, in his words, loyal through and through. Like, (laughs) won't deal with that nonsense or whatever. Right. So, But if, like, if the South and the North go to war and the South wins and Jesse fought for the North, there isn't no Jesse coming back. Yeah, that's true. And if the North wins, probably she would have to go She'll be fine. north. So it's easier to mm-hmm. marry a Confederate than it would be to marry a Union soldier. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then he's like, I guess that's true. Thanks, Dad. Bye. And then they agree to like play it by ear. And then he and Daniel... Yeah, they don't know whether Virginia is going to secede yet. Right. He and his younger brother, Daniel are both federal cavalrymen and so they like go back to their regiments and then we watch like a whole three months or something where like virginia still hasn't decided and then we're getting letters between daniel and kiernan and daniel's like i'm a confederate through and through and blah 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 but he knows like in her mind daniel is the more honorable one because daniel's like although i'm a confederate through and through i will side with virginia no matter what she does right And let's be honest here, because, you know, Jesse is supposedly noble and good, and he's only there to save Mm -hmm. lives and all that bullshit. But his ideological stance is you cannot tear the Union, the United States apart. Right. He's not anti-slavery. No. He has Mm -mm. not freed his slaves. He does not pay Mm -hmm. them monies. He doesn't doesn't do any of that. Well, He's got to run Cameron Hall. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that pisses me off again about this author in this depiction is that both of them are like, well, yes, I own slaves, but someday I will free them. And it's like George they're fucking my Washington. Friends. They're my, they're my friends. friends. And George Washington said the same thing and they were not free when he died. So I don't know. 
Like, that's a thing that doesn't. And sorry, guys, I'm skipping ahead. But Anthony's will freeze her slaves. And she's like, I haven't gotten around to actually making it happen, though. And it's not even that, because two of the guys are freed, and the author says that they just wanted to stay oh, on. They just love them. Which I'm sure Which happened. may be true. Yeah, I'm right? sure that happened a lot, especially when there's a war on. I mean, you don't right. want to be just like a quote-unquote free black guy wandering around in the no. South during the, you know, people aren't going to give two shits if you have papers no. or not. Right. So I can kind of get where they stayed on, but she treated them exactly the same as if they were slaves. And yes. I don't think she paid them anything. No, they did all the work. They did not get to go to any of the fancy restaurants that she gets right. to later on. They have to go, like, find the lodging while she eats a fancy meal in the fancy place. Right. Ugh. So nothing changes for them. Literally nothing changes. Okay, so then he's away, right? He's away. And she gets a message through Krista. And she's like, Krista, when Jesse comes home, tell him to meet me at this cottage at dusk the on this day. The gazebo place. The g- sure, the summer cottage. May I say? Oh, yeah. She says to Krista, tell him, yeah. meet me at the place at dusk. Then the next thing is, he arrived at the cottage exactly at noon and saw that Kiernan yes! had come before him. Thank you. You I saw know. it too? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm like, I have herbs a significant part of this book. You did not. It just but was... That's just a typo. That's just a thing. Yeah. So they arrive whenever they arrive. And yep. she, you guys, in a oh very ice planet <laughs> barbarian way. This is it. She is naked in her furs. Furs. She's furs. covered. She's covered the gazebo, the floor of the gazebo in furs. And did then she? She's... Or do you think somebody did that for her? I don't know. Oh, probably. I don't know. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if she had a slave? Haul out these furs so she, she could have sex fur time. So that she could make a fuck nest out of it? Do you think they yeah. made her fuck the nest fuck for her? Nest. <laughs> a fuck nest. Oh, just like Jesse's fuck nest of pubes. Oh, oh it's delicious. Tender delicious. sacks inside. And this ramrod Ugh. of living steel or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The gift of life rammed oh. into her. So she's made her little fur nest, and then she's also <laughs> covered in fur. Furs. And so, she's naked underneath it. So he walks in, you guys, and they, like, they have sex. Or whatever. Yeah. And then have, there's, like, several she, like, secret meetings and fuck times. Yeah, it's fine. She's in the furs, and then she, like, stands up, and then, like, the furs, like, fall Drop. off of her, and she's, like, totally naked. And she's like, Merry Christmas to you. This is your Christmas (laughs) gift wrapped in fur. Furs. All right. Anyway, so I just thought this was hilarious. Yeah. It's called a sensual pool of fur. Oh, (laughs) nope. (laughs) (sighs) So good. All right. And then the author sort of herbs is several secret fuck nest excursions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. This is a line from the sex. Soon their bodies were dampened and slickened by the torrents of oh, kisses yeah. and caresses that they shared in exchange. Their bodies were slick with spit. With spit? Listen to it again. No. Soon their bodies were dampened and slickened by the torrents of kisses and caresses that they shared in exchange. The torrent of kisses has caused them both to be dampened and slickened. <laughs> Can you imagine a situation <laughs> where you have smooched another person enough to make their body slick? Oh. That is disgusting. They're just <laughs> slipping around and spit on those furs. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. So every once in a while, I found a line that I needed to share. <laughs> okay. So then during the last 
sexy fuck nest time. They have the same fight. She tells him that she'll never, but she does like sort of give an ultimatum. She's like, uh-huh. I will never see you again if you fight for the union. And then it's like midnight, you guys. It's like really late in America times. And she is not home. What, Aaron? What are you? I'm sorry. Also, this last fuck nest thing is like <laughs> he sends his poor sister, Krista, keeps having to run these messages oh, back and forth. That's like, meet me in the gazebo at nighttime for fuck sex in. And she's like, oh, God, I'm like eight or whatever. Like, this sucks. I don't know how old Christmas. She's an adult. Whatever. Either way. Yeah. And she's like, okay, la, la, la. And she goes up to Kiernan. And she's like, hey, Jesse wants to fuck you in the gazebo if you wouldn't mind going down to the gazebo. <laughs> and Kiernan's like, all right. And then Krista turns to go and then, like, turns her horse back. And she's like. Also, he says, wear the furs. And she's like, oh, yes, tell him, tell him I'll wear the furs. And like, uh-huh. I just, poor, hashtag justice poor, for Krista. Like, yeah, justice for Krista. I just feel like I tell you it's what. written like she's like giggly and smiley, but I feel like Krista wants to fucking die every time she wants. She goes <laughs> like, delivers. Uh, he says, wear fur. Like, oh, oh God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. So then he's like, I'm going to take you home. And he puts her on his horse and she's like, I could walk just fine. And he's like, I'm going to take you home. So he takes her home. And this is where her dad is waiting on the porch because it is midnight in America times, you guys. Yes. She shouldn't. She cannot be alone with a man or alone outside or anywhere. And yet her dad is like the consummate cool dad. Every time she does something, he's like, oh, it's all right. It's all right, darling. Like, I know. I know you're just a precocious little chit. And she's like, oh, dad, I just love fucking Infernus. She's like, I know, darling. Why don't you go inside? I know, darling. Pat's on head. Uh, Okay. So then (sighs) April is now and Virginia finally secedes. They're both home. And Daniel's a whooping. And Anthony rides up to Cameron Hall to whoop with him. And they're throwing things around and they're whooping and whistling and they're doing a celebrate. Meanwhile, what's his nuts? The hero of this book, Jesse, that's his name. He's like, oh, I, I feel bad about this. This is extra complicated now. Sucks. Lady I love for no reason isn't going to marry me now. I'm going to yeah. have to, like, he's contemplating his future. Yeah. And then Anthony comes in to be like, why aren't you a whooping? Whoop, whoop. You're not one of those Secession. guys, are you? War. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. You should be out there celebrating. And, and he's Jesse's like, like Ugh, there's going to be a war. I don't yeah. see any reason to celebrate a war. Why would anyone celebrate war? And Anthony stares at him and then flushes. Hell, Jesse, I never took you for a coward. Oh, and boy. Jesse says, don't make the mistake of taking me for one now. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And then, then Anthony, Anthony says, says, I hope she'll marry me now that there's a war. And Jesse, what does Jesse say? Tell me Jesse, Jesse says, says. who? Because it's not, like, well, who are sure. you talking about? Come on, Jesse. Like, don't pull yeah. Mariah Carey here. You don't know her. Boy. You That's know right. her. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Anthony's like, Kiernan, do you think she'll marry me? And he's like, you know what? She might not be somebody who you want to marry. Oh, yeah. That's what he says. And Anthony's then Anthony's like, like I right. will see you at dusk. I am throwing down my. Poor Anthony. My glove. Ask several Anthony. times. Why? What are you talking about? And then Jesse's just like cryptic. He's like, there just might be a reason. And <laughs> finally, he's like, you're insulting the woman I love. 
And Jesse's yeah, like, sure. no, no, no. I didn't insult the woman you love. I was just saying she might not be the type of lady that you want to marry. And so right. he's like, fine, I'm against a wall here. I guess I got to do a duel with you. I guess I got to do a fight. Yeah. And Jesse's like, then eh, just put your gloves away. And like, yeah, Anthony's all hot headed. They're dueling, you guys. It's a duel. Yeah, it's a duel. So then Krista rides off to get Kiernan. Kiernan gets on this, her dad's horse. I don't know why we needed that detail, but it's apparently the fastest horse in all of Tidewater, Virginia. So it's fast and it's danger. It's and a danger. Danger horse. Danger horse. So <laughs> she goes riding away to stop it. And once she gets thrown from the horse at one point, oh my gosh, this looked so much like the horse wreck I got in. Can I just tell you that much? Woof. Did it? Yeah, because, well, I did a dumb thing. But anyway, the horse rears <laughs> up and she tries to stay on, which is the natural inclination. Like, unless you've gone through this before, the natural reflex is to hang on to the reins and do that. Mm-hmm. And then it gets worse. And then it gets way worse. In my case, I accidentally pulled the horse down onto me because I wouldn't mm. let go. I wouldn't just yep. fall off. So it hit the tipping point and then like essentially sat on my shoulder, chest, and head. Mm. Luckily, it had rained the day before and I just missed a giant rock. Otherwise, I might be dead. I'm glad you didn't die and you just got Thank horse you. butt in your face. I just got a lot of horse butt and then it... Nope. <laughs> so, so she arrives at the duel. Yeah, and Jesse is like gone past her because she was going to get the horse and she's like jesse it's jesse on the ground and it's like no guys it's anthony anthony is the one who is on the ground and she's considerably less worried now she's just like is it a flesh wound oh, okay. okay oh well anthony is now mark this nicked in the arm yeah mm-hmm. that's the only thing that guns in this book can do that's true nick in the arm yep anyway it's so three times it happens Three times somebody only gets nicked in the arm. Although I will say Jesse, in this case, aimed wide because he didn't want to kill the fool or whatever. But still. Can I just say, Anthony loved her and Anthony was willing to die for her. This was her fault because she'd never told him the truth. She'd put him off and she put him off, but she never explained that she didn't love him and didn't want to marry him. Yeah. Correct, bitch. That's right. You did that. He might have died for no fucking reason Mm -hmm. just now. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. And after this, does she spell no, it out for him? No, 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 no. No, still no, doesn't. No, no, nah. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. So then she's like, where's Jesse, though? And so she rides somewhere, and they're like, he's not here anymore. He's someplace else. So then she rides over there, and then I swear she goes to like seven different locations before he tracks this yeah. motherfucker down. But Daniel, the brother of Jesse, told her Jesse's not resigning his commission, meaning yeah. he's staying in the Union Army. So now she yeah. knows he's definitely going to be a Yankee. Right. So she finds (sighs) him at his parents' grave saying goodbye and once again have a big, big fight. So then she begs him not to go and then he kisses her gruffly because my note is he's very Rhett Butler. Yes. I hate you, Jesse Cameron. I'll take arms against you myself if I ever see you in the South again. She raised a hand high to strike him, to scratch at him. To hurt him in the way he was hurting her, and he caught her arm. I'm sorry, he whispered. His blue eyes were intent upon hers. For I will love you for the rest of my life. That's right. It's a lot of that. He rides off on Pegasus, the immortal horse. She's <laughs> she's heartbroken yep. again. So then three months go by, and we watch all of it, you guys. 
And then, I do think this is important. She says to Daniel, how hmm. can you still love him? He's a Yankee now. How can you still call him your brother? Oh, yeah. He's a Yankee now. And he's like, because he's a man and I love the man and not just he's my brother. I'm not blinded yeah. by nationalism. And I have a more mature outlook on these kinds of things. And she's just like, what? Mm-hmm. Anyway, wah, 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 continuing to be <laughs> yeah. terrible. Anyway. Yep. I'm going to put the cotton that my slaves picked in my ears and not listen to you. La, la, la. <laughs> because uh. never does Jesse say to Kiernan that she should come to his side of thinking. He just wants her to marry no. him. He's fine with her whole Virginia secession thing, you know? Because mm-hmm. he's yep. a grown up and she is a shitty, petulant child. Well, I think it's more a mark that he's not that passionate about, like, actually stopping what southern states want to do what do you mean does that make sense no like he doesn't want the union like the union is the thing that's important Mm -hmm. to him he doesn't care oh you're saying he's still like pro-slavery pretty much and yeah it's not like an ideology yeah he's pro yeah meanwhile i think that she's very like my way of life like my quote-unquote way of life is being threatened and that's important to her in a way that like is and isn't important to Mm -hmm. him does that make sense like i can't really nail either of them down that's why to me his position on this if we're to take like okay without adding any value to either position i would feel like it would be just as easy for him to say why don't you come over to my side as her to say because they're both the really sticky things like slavery and stuff they're still on the same page Mm. with so I don't know why she can't just yeah. like have a little more maturity about the situation. That's all I'm saying. Well, she is 19 <sighs> or tw- maybe yeah. 20 now. Maybe. maybe 20. I don't know. She never grows up, though. Okay. All right. So then Anthony proposes again, and she tells him, probs not. And then he's like, no, don't tell me no and let me have hope. Mm-hmm. I might go out to a war. And she's like, ugh, fine. So then... He randomly, okay, this motherfucker, this fucking, this grand gesture, this, his grand gesture, grand gesture time. he takes his entire cavalry company on horseback, hundreds, 100 miles out of the way. No wonder you idiots lost order, at Manassas. I swear to God, they were right? fucking tired from their grand so gesture, tired. Anthony. That's right. Oh, God. So now I got to Google if they like, lost got at Manassas. Right I'm here. pretty sure, but Jesus Christ. Well, Anthony certainly lost it. Yeah, Manassas. he did. I hate having to do facts. Guys, we just wanted to talk <laughs> to each other. We didn't want to have to be accurate. You guys decided you no. wanted to listen to the podcast, and now here we are. Manassas, battle, who won it? <laughs> battle, <laughs> who won it? Dom, 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 I'm pretty dom. sure the Union won it. Is it the same sort as of. the... No. It wasn't like all the first ones such a confusion it was a draw. Both sides said they won. Uh, Nobody was trained. I can't tell. Listen, you guys, all I did was Google up Manassas battle, who Listen. won it. Now I've got all this bull run, first bull run, second bull run. <laughs> the untried Union Army general. Just tell me, Union or Confederates? I cannot. Here's the thing, you guys. Anthony lost at this battle. But right Here's the now, thing. yeah. It's grand gesture time. Grand gesture time. Yeah. Don't, so he's like, don't tell me who won. None of you. Clippy. Don't you email us. Tamp it down. That's right. Okay. That's no right. No emails. You swallow None. it. I don't want one. Swallow it down. I don't want one cult post about who won right. at Manassas. That's right. All right. Okay. All, All right. Anyway. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because I don't care. Nope. So then there's a preacher there, you guys. He brought a preacher. And then she's like, ah. 
and like she can't really <laughs> compute. <laughs> <laughs> and then her dad's like, all right, son, maybe we should. And she's like, yes, yes, I will. And then her dad brings her into the house and he's like, girl, are you sure? Mm-hmm. This guy, like, I don't think you loves him. And she's like, I could love him. And then more than I could love Jesse, at least he loves the things that I love. Like slavery. And then also part of his speech to her, the whole company standing out there at attention in the hot hot sun waiting Uh for this bullshit to go down and he's like kiernan please do me the honor even though i don't have time to spend the night with you like it's basically like even though we don't even have time to fuck please marry Mm -hmm. me and i'm like how fucking convenient Heather. Uh oh yeah they do not have 15 minutes to go inside and fuck it out a little bit Mm -hmm. jesus anyway sorry continue dad doesn't want her to do it she does it anyway that's when i texted you and i said goddamn widow cop out goddamn or whatever i said (laughs) (laughs) so mad okay so they get married nothing happens they eat food that her slave makes her yeah the idea that they all got dinner but they didn't have time to fuck is Mm -hmm. off the chain crazy Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. and then he rides away to die and that's not a spoiler for the next scene although we have spoiled it because it literally says but Kiernan never got the chance to lie in the bed that she made because Anthony was to be no more or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and my note is, is he finally going to marry her and then never get to fuck her because he dies in battle? Is that the kind of bullshit this is going to be? Yup. Yeah, <laughs> That's my note. Clearly. And when they smooch at their wedding is like the moment she knows she's made a horrible, yeah. terrible decision. She's like, oh, Jesse like, said. been there, oh. girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they ride off. Not only Anthony dies, but his dad dies, which means that she's got to go to the house of the Anthony Miller. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I have to read my notes what? from this section. It says, Jesse in battle. So much commander names. Maneuvers. North retreating. Jesse step into another dock tent. He treat everyone. Anthony Miller dead. <laughs> Maneuvers. Oh, God. Is Can my I note. say, like, okay. What's up? First of all, Jesse Cameron. Yeah. Remember how he's a doctor? He's a doctor, you guys. Invents triage. Yep. You guys. Mm-hmm. Just stop for a moment. Mm-hmm. You guys know how military triage was invented in the American Civil War? It Allegedly. Okay, listen. I went back. I read the Wikipedia. I know there's nuance to this, but people usually say that out loud. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Cameron. It was Jesse Cameron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In this book, <laughs> Jesse Cameron invents triage. Like, men are coming in, and he's like, I don't care. You know, like, put the ones that are definitely going to die over there and the ones that, like, are definitely going to live over there, and mm-hmm. I'm going to help the ones in the middle, and I That's just right. invented this. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but some of them's rebs. Oh, my God. Some rebel soldiers get brought by who? We don't know. It's yep. passive voice. They get brought, we don't know how, mm-hmm. to the Union tent by mistake. Mm-hmm. What is that? Has anyone ever dropped off the wrong soldiers? To the- I mean, they I don't did think say that's a thing. It was much confused, but I still have I a really hard time don't. with it. Don't you think you'd like open up the flap and be like, whoops, yeah. it's all union in here. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around. Anyways, <laughs> he's like, even give me the rebel soldiers, just as long as they're in that middle category of might live but are super injured. And then <laughs> he conveniently undoes the sheet of Anthony Miller. Uh huh. I just could not believe this scene. Okay, moving on. I yeah. just was like, come on, Heather. No, come I know. On. Come on. 
So then he raises a white flag for a private of some sort, and he negotiates a way to get Anthony back to the family. How does he do that? By talking to Jeb Stewart. Sexpot Jeb Stewart. That's right. Ha-ha, we've been waiting. Finally, <laughs> finally, we get to see his handsome face in the line oh, of his jaw. Boy. Yep. I swear to God. Okay. All right. So then Kiernan goes to Anthony's house because she's his widow and he has a younger brother and younger sister. They're like 12 because they're twins. And yep. the town is in shambles. The town we met, Harper's Ferry, earlier on, totally like deserted. And then she finds out this whole oh. goddamn narrative where she finds out <laughs> what plantation life is really like when Oh, I swear Jeannie... to God. Wait, before you get up on that soapbox, I just need to tell everybody that Anthony Miller's like home, you know how they're all called something? Yeah. It's called Monty Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was calling it Montemart, but it might Yeah, probably. Be... But in my brain, every time I saw Monty that word, Marty. it looked like Monty Marty. <laughs> If you think of how gravely they discuss Montmart throughout yes. the thing, oh. I just feel like Monty Marty, is she still back there? <laughs> Are they going to burn down Marty Marty? Monty Marty. <laughs> okay. All right. So Janie is Anthony's slave that his will freed, but Kiernan in the prologue, which is months later, has not actually done ever and probably she's won't. Kinda, she's like, it's so much paperwork, you guys. She's like, guys, going to the... It's so much ugh, paperwork. God. So then they chat and Janie informs Kiernan that the only people left, it's Janie and then a family. There's Jeremiah, Jeremiah and Tyne. Tyne. Jeremiah is the father. And David, I think the, the little boy's name is. Anyway, there's like a father yeah, who's elderly, an 18-year-old boy named Tyne, and then an 8-year-old who I think's name is David. And All right. And so she's like, everybody else ran off. And my note is, good. Mm. And then... But they really characterize this as... Uh-huh. Like, Janie's like, listen, all this has gone to shit. And Kiernan's like, well, if you needed help, you should have asked for it. And she's like, no. What happened was, since in their wills, they freed the slaves... A lot of these slaves run off. And it's like, no, they're free. So they, they left. left. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's very like, we're so happy here. And earlier on. Yeah, we're the good ones. There's been a lot of talk. Like at one point she interacts with a slave that is black Freeman. Mm-hmm. But he liked her dad so much that he just stayed on. Yeah. And like, again, I'm sure that could have happened. I'm sure there is a case because, you know, humans and I'm history. sure there are many cases of sure. that. Yeah, because it was There's really... a certain level of like, this is all you know. Not to it's mention. It's scary to set off in the world with like fucking nothing not in to the South with a war there... going on. Well, and before that, there were a metric fuck ton of what were called slave codes that made it incredibly mm-hmm, hard mm-hmm. to be a free black person and get work where people would pay you. And then yeah. after the I war, bet... there were all the black codes, quote unquote, black codes that made it incredibly hard. People were not allowed to vote or own property or do, or they still had to work at a very low wage or work off debts. Like, I hate, I hate this narrative of like, we just like you so much that of course we're yeah. going to stay. Fuck you guys. You've made it systemically impossible yeah. for them to live otherwise. Fuck That's you. That's the thing. 
That's the thing. Because I'm what sure this whitewashed happened a in this lot. Novel. I'm sure this happened maybe like most of the time. And it's not because people he liked your on. dad. But it's, yeah, it's not because we just have so much love and affection for the white no. family that owned us. It's like and coercion and systemic was, right? and horrible. <laughs> yes. What? And even if there was, because humans have such a huge capacity to love. And like a lot mm-hmm. of these women, especially, were like raising the white children when yes, their mothers yeah. weren't. And like, you know, of course, a good person is going to love the baby that they raise, essentially. And like, you're the mother figure for them. But that is different than just like being so pleased with your lot in life fucking heather graham that's not how this works okay or accepting your lot in life yes if you're treated horribly for generations and generations you start to believe that that's what you are and deserve too and don't know anything else you and like this whole system it was so strategic and it was so on both sides, right? Like there's a reason that they wouldn't allow slaves to learn how to read because it's easier mm-hmm. to keep an uneducated people down where you want them. But at the same time, I was at a Civil War reenactment once in college and in this like Confederate bar where like all the Confederate reenactors were hanging out. Weird. I agree. There was this song that I heard sung and I had to like, I literally stopped some people to ask, like, to make sure what the lyrics they were singing were. And you can Google it. It's called Chemo Chimo. And I Googled it today just to see if the online versions were correct. It's a little bit off, but it's enough to, like, one interpretation of the very first verse is it's all about slaves working, right? But the version that I was taught By taught, I mean, like, I asked them what the lyrics were, and they told me what the lyrics were. And it's a children's song that they would sing to usually white children or all children or whatever. But it's this way of dehumanizing Black people by saying that they're not born. The actual verse is like, in South Carolina, the racial slurs grow. That's where the white folks plant the toes. And then, like, it's all about Black people growing out of the ground because it's much easier to enslave and torture and humiliate people who are not actually people, right? So, like, this version makes me so angry because it completely Mm -hmm. takes away. Since this is from Kiernan's perspective, it makes sense that she would be like, not all slave owners. I don't think this writer is... (sighs) <sighs> writing in the way that I swear to God, I'm sorry. I'm such a I'm Charlotte Harris saying... apologist, but I feel like True Blood books <laughs> are like kind of from a sookie perspective of how she's experiencing right. stuff. I do not think this writer is writing from Kiernan's perspective of how she's experiencing this. No. I think when she writes these three slave or former slave characters, you know, however you want to mm-hmm. call these people that are still left at the plantation, all that they are are like different genders and ages that are like Ms. Kiernan we love you so much and love working on the plantation and that's oh, yeah. how they're written in the book and I don't think that's meant to be through any lens I just think she doesn't really care to give them any other I completely agree and actually or you know I'll probably get into this more a little bit later but they're honestly just like antebellum set pieces that's all they, they are. really are yeah in the most egregious way coming up so Okay. Can I just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that earlier I said Stonewall Jackson was Andy Jackson, and it's been bothering me, and I, no, I, I knew need what to you say meant. that it's not You're fine. Andy Jackson. <laughs> okay, all right. 
<laughs> okay. It occurred to me about halfway through your rant that I couldn't stop you. And I knew that no, the email was being was... written. And I'm like, ah, she's going to finish it. She's going to finish it until I get to it. Okay. Okay. All right. So anyway, she's really overwhelmed because she doesn't have anybody to work for her for free. And, right. and then she's like, oh, this is all so what happens fault. is, yeah, they fast forward to like her and Janie are like working in the garden. They're trying to grow enough food to support themselves. You know, like they're no longer rich. They no longer have the slaves to run the place. Mm-hmm. They're trying to garden and stuff. A couple deserters come on them. They're like going to steal all their food and like Yankee. probably rape everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yankee deserters. Yankee deserters. Then out of nowhere comes TJ and the other one. Yep. Two They're gallant reps. Confederates. That's right. All the Confederates are gallant, you guys. Yeah. Ooh, noble. And they shoot these Yankee deserters and like save them. Then they come in and have dinner. So I'm going fast, but I'm yeah. like task masking. I like it. Task mastering. Mm. And so <laughs> they come in and they have dinner. Just so you know, certain that the two men didn't have much time, Kiernan saw to it that they ate within the hour. Did you, bitch? Did you? Oh, did yeah? You make did that you food? tell Janie to Did you see to, to it faster? that it happened within the hour? Was that really hard on you? Anyway, so they mm. eat. Then they give her this cryptic thing of like, if you ever Need come anything. across any information mm-hmm. that our battalion or whatever could use, there is a hollowed out oak tree near which you used to do Jesse place right that you might be able to roll up a message and put it so she's like okay so she hears some rumblings of like where the Yankees wait, are wait, wait. She and goes my there note no my note yeah. is oh my god now she's spy where romance <laughs> where romance <laughs> yes okay so she's so spying she finds out about this thing and she tells him and then yeah. there's a battle near her house and this is where we get the most <sighs> egregious antebellum set piece. So there's this Yankee who's dead in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And she goes over and, you know, is like worried about getting him back to his place or whatever. Like getting the body back. Is she? Well, it was a Yankee. He had fallen flat on his stomach. She bit her lip knowing that if he was injured, she would have to help him. Yeah. Ugh. She turned him over. Oh, she didn't have to help him. His sightless eyes were staring heavenward. Uh-huh. I swear to God, Kiernan, you are fucking sociopath. Anyway. Yep. So this is where we get Tyne comes out. He's the 18 oh. or 19-year-old. And he says, I'll take him back for you. I know what you're doing now. Yeah. I know Do what you? you're doing. Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. fucked up. I turned the page. fuck you. I've got a great note here. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So he's like, I will take him back. And she's like, I'll go with you. And he says, no, you really shouldn't. I'm going to be safe taking this body back as a black man taking it back to Yankees. If it was a Reb, you would be taking it back by yourself. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like, I'll be fine in this case. Anyway, he's your enemy. And then she goes, but he's not your enemy. And then I liked this for a minute because here's my thing. Oh, I hated it. No, I'm fine with complicating the northern narrative, right? I think it's way too simplistic to say the North hated slavery and they loved black people. So they fought for them and like, blah, blah, blah. That's not Mm-mm. necessarily, that's not no. what happened. Like Mm-mm. they were worried they were going to get cut off from supplies of cotton and tobacco and all the things. Yeah. All the raw materials that they need. Yeah, I mean, the North relied on slavery almost as much as the yes, South did. Absolutely. We're not histories. And, okay. We're not history people. Yeah. All right. And you know, Abe Lincoln he really did talk about getting like funding from Congress to find a place to send all of the black people that were emancipated 
because mm-hmm. I don't know why. My thought is because he didn't really want to deal with the fallout or whatever. Maybe it was his idea of like reparations. I don't fucking know. But he really did have that idea of like sending them off to an island that would be theirs and no longer here. So Tyne talks about all this and he says that, you know, as much as he's a slave here, what does he say? Some of these folks up north, they don't want southern folk beaten us. And that's a mighty fine thing for them to be wanting too. But some of them, same people have a notion that if they rub up next to a black man, some of that color is going to rub off. And so he's like, I understand essentially this whole monologue. is like, I understand that the North is just as racist as the South mm. and blah, blah, blah. Right. So yeah. fine. I am fine with complicating the narrative. But then <sighs> she says, thank you. And he says, he sort of corrects himself and he's like, I've never had to pick cotton, Miss Kiernan. I might feel a whole lot different if I had been a field N-word. And let me just say one thing. This thing is so whitewashed. (laughs) I mean, tons of scenes with mixed company and it all happens in the South. There are a total of, I think, four racial slurs in this thing. Three times darky is said. And then one time the N-word is said. The only time. I thought you meant there were four times the N-word was said. I'm like, I only remember this one. No, because it whacked you in the face. No, I I noticed. it had not happened up until this point. Because the protagonists are supposed to be likable. Anyway, the only time the N-word is said, a black man says it. Referencing Mm -hmm. like a station within this slavery system. And the fact that he is not a character, the fact that he is just a confederacy, like, set piece throughout this thing, and you use him to, like, add that sort of quote-unquote color, like, you or know what I mean? Or ac- historical accuracy of, like, the language that sure. wouldn't have been used at the time, like, you use him for that? How dare you? How dare yeah. you? The thing that bothered me about the first thing, I mean, the thing you're talking about also gross yeah but the part that really grinded my gears was when he said he wanted to take the guy back or they were talking about taking the guy back and he said he's the enemy and she said he's my enemy but not yours time and i wanted to be like oh i'm sorry i thought this whole shit was about states rights and the fucking economy uh, Kiernan, I thought we're all fucking friends and we're all on the same side and he may as well be free and he's mm-hmm. just here because he likes me so much. Yep. But it sounds like this whole thing is about slavery and you and Tyne are on different sides. Yep. Is that the case? Is that not the or case? Or is it not Kiernan? the case, Kiernan? Right. Because you can't live in both worlds. That bothered me. That line of like, he's my enemy but not yours mm-hmm. bothered me so much because for the rest of this book, she and Janie and Tyne and is it Jedediah, Jeremiah? Jeremiah. This book pretends they are all on the same side and they're one big happy family. And yep. then we want to throw in this little line of like, I oh, it bothered me so much. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 Heather, you don't get it to be both ways. You don't get to write yeah, this book. You don't get to have ways. that level of reflection and then deny it exactly. for all of the rest of the book. Like, yeah. so fucked. So the thing that bothered you bothered me, but not as much as that. That was like a hypocrisy you that know I could not deal with. Yeah, it felt incredibly exploitative 
for her to mm-hmm. use the black character to say the n-word for whatever reason like whether it was historical yeah. accuracy or whatever like uh i know that he's a fictional character but fuck you <laughs> you don't get to do that to him i don't know yeah. i don't know i don't know mm. so i got it okay so the next thing that happens is you know the what thing is? that was in the prologue of the book what yeah. what what <laughs> I won't task master your rants no, if you need no. to, if you need you to get it out. Ahead. I don't you want it ahead. inside you, Melody. It's going to poison you. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> it's really manipulative and damaging, especially when all of that is juxtaposed with like this happy slave narrative and like this. Yeah. I just all right. I'm glad you said that because I didn't really notice the position of the N word there. So I'm glad you Ooh. did because. I didn't notice that as much as you. It was the other thing that really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next thing that happens is the thing that happens in the prologue is Jesse we get overhears. The whole scene. Yeah, except twice. it's from Jesse's perspective. Yeah, he <laughs> overhears that they're gonna go burn down Montemarty, mm-hmm. and he's like Montemarty. <laughs> That's where Not my one Mont-a-Marty? true love, Mrs. Miller, is. That's yeah. right. So yeah, we get that whole scene again. You can have it. Well, but and they we do find out that everybody knows she's spying because Kiernan is terrible at everything. They're like, watch out for that, Mrs. Miller, you know? And then we get about fifty pages of her avoiding him and lots of field hospital times. Mm -hmm. And then she starts tending the men at night and he pines for her from his room. And then, sorry, one quick mini little soapbox, like a yeah, soapbox. Get up on it. Get up on it. Is him coming in and Janie, the elderly house slave? Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, I just these are the words. She's like showing him around the house and stuff, and she's like fiercely against Yankees. Like, I'm not cooking for no fucking Yankees. Mm-hmm. And he's like, No, no, no. We have a company cook who will cook for us. You don't have to cook for us. And she's like, There's not going to be any Yankees in my kitchen. Like. It just really pissed me off. Like, yeah. Why? What? Ugh. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, I don't know, again, all of this, like not all slave owners makes me so mad because the author takes special care to be like, oh, Janie was so efficient when she helped us with the smush mush <laughs> And she was so right. good at the housework and the way, like telling the guys you know how to I wash these bandages. About it. Is Kiernan is so immature and unable to like see the forest for the trees on these like very nuanced I don't know. Yeah. She, she's unable to distinguish the man from the party and the war like war is very black and white for her and she's a mm-hmm. child about it. And all of the slaves working in her household are very also anti-Yankee. They're all Confederates too and they're all on her side. And it is in the end for all of them as it was for Tyne just a moment ago Kiernan that's like no no Janie Jesse is a good man like Mm -hmm. some Yankees are good I'm like shut up stop making her like the person who educates these people on the fact that there's like nuance to the thing and that some that Yankees are actually on your side Mm -hmm. black slaves in my house I just yeah I agree okay I agree. Cool. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on. So, we're sorry. We're um, moving. We're going to be funny again in five, four. My next okay. note is Jacob, shoot Jesse. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, okay. The 13 year old walks in while uh, Jesse's doing paperwork. And 13 year old meaning Anthony's little So brother. she's got these kids living in the house. She's taking yes. care of these kids, quote unquote. Yes. <laughs> Kieran doesn't I'm sure take care Janie's of taking care of these kids. That's yeah. right. So 
he comes in and he has this whole confrontation with Jesse where he's like, you killed my brother. And Jesse's like, no, I didn't. And then the kid accidentally shoots him. In, he grazes his arm, you guys. Time number two. That's all guns can do in this book. He grazes his arm. So uh-huh. he tackles him to the ground. And then Kiernan comes in. And Kiernan's like, oh, are you okay? And Jesse's like, listen, Mrs. Miller, this kid just shot me. And so we're going to go have some words. And she's like, Jesse, no. She and he's like, you are. the fuck out. You will call me Captain Cameron, he says. Uh-huh. And she's like. Jesse, that just makes my ass itch. That's what she says. Oh no, is that one of your southern <laughs> things? I forgot We're about. We're like the an hour now. in. Why? Listen, Why? Because... We got so far. Okay. Anyway, so he's educating Jacob on how to. He has Jacob basically tend to his wound, and yeah. they have a little heart to heart about Union and Confederates and his brother and their history and stuff. While she bangs on the door and screams because she thinks Jesse is, I don't know, going to execute the child. Like, yeah. Right? Does she not know this guy? He's been yeah. nice enough the whole time she's known him. Ugh. Anyway. So, anyway, it's and just another little like, gross. Suture me up fight. because he wants the kid to know like what bodies look like when they're actually damaged and like maybe stop carrying that pistol around, you dumb fuck. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, mm-mm, noted, of course. And also, my brother yeah. did say you were a good man. I was just being irrational because I'm grieving. And Jesse was like, yeah. Because I'm more mature exactly than Kieran. Yeah. So then, like, she comes in and there's a hug and there's almost smooch and there's a this and a that and nobody but then there's cares. not. And then, so there's then no. the next thing is Jesse's she looking out the window. She goes to spy in. Yeah. So she's been like tending to the men's wounds yeah. and like flitting around like this like little angel and like flirting and with all the men. Her. They love her. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So he sees her go out for a And he hears Twilight. the guy tell her something. He hears oh, like one a of good the guys. Tidbit. Yeah, be like, well, they're going to be so surprised in two oh. days when we go to this Herbs place. <laughs> Not going right. to lie. So she puts on her riding cloak and rides out at dusk, and Jesse's like, and so he follows her. Then he sees her at the oak tree. He follows her, and then not knowing her destination, cannot see her anymore by the time Jeremiah gets out of his way, because Jeremiah is blocking him. And his heart's need for her. Oh, probably. He can find her. No, you guys, not, not only does he find her, he beats her to her own destination and hides oh, yeah. at the exact tree she's using for spying. He knows that that's a great tree for spies. He knows it. It's a There's holiday. No... It's a perfect Confederate hollowed out tree for spying time. Is there just like a Confederate flag hanging on it? Oi, Kiernan, you're so dumb. It's right here. I we marked wouldn't it be for surprised. you. I know. She's that bad at this. Ugh. Um. Anyway, they have a struggle. They have a struggle. He ends up on top of her. And then a kiss. Yeah, and then, you know, the kiss, it deepens and it becomes fierce and passionate. And then she's like, no, Jesse, no, no, no yeah, Yankee. This is, well, this is my favorite, though, then, because, wait, because she goes, this is Anthony's property. This is his house. And he's like, the first oh, time yeah. we fucked, we were on Anthony's property. And she's and like, he says stop that. it, Jesse. I know. Her. <laughs> uh, I was like, when she said that, I was like, oh, girl. And Thank I'm so you. glad he was like, oh, girl. That's right. <laughs> Don't you? Uh, it was good. Okay, so then the next day, Kiernan tries to spy again. This time she writes the note and puts it down her cleavage. The best place for notes. So then... Uh (laughs) 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 Yep. So then she goes out to the barn to get her horse, and there's two Yankees there, and they try to accost her. Mm -hmm. And then Jesse comes in, and he's like, oh, no, you Yankees aren't going to accost her. 
And they're like, but she's spying. And he's like, you've got no proof of that in your honor. They're not going to accost her. Listen, they were going to search her for messages. Yeah. It may have been. I mean, That's listen. what I mean. This is from Kiernan's perspective. And so she's like, this Yeah, Yankus. but I just want to say, Ooh. they weren't accosting her just to accost her. It's not like there's no. two guys in the barn with a mind for raping. No, listen. They just wanted to look and make sure she didn't have any I message. have a very special reason that my note says they try to accost her to find the message. And that is, my next notes are, Jesse defend, and then, then Jesse accost her. <laughs> so he gets rid of them and he's like, all right, take out that dress. I got to find that right. message. And she's like, how dare you? And you said, and he's like, I said they couldn't do it. I didn't That's say right. I wasn't going to do it. I've seen everything anyway. I've seen it in furs. <laughs> so. And now I'm going to see it in hay. That's right. So then he rips open her bosom parts and her boobs fly free. And so does the message. Flutter, 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 yeah, flutter. She's very, I'm not a spy. I'm not a spy. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at the spy note. Yeah, and she's like, if you respected anything that's ever been between us, flutter, 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 flutter goes the note. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so then he's like, you're arrested, but not. And then he's like, we should get our fuck on. And then she's like, no, we can't do that. So then he lets her go. And then (sighs) there's a battle, you guys. And then so guys show up who are been battling, who are battled. And... Mm -hmm. There's a reb and there's a union on both sides in her house. And then she learns that Jesse is the inventor of triage. Because she's like, <laughs> Jesse, I really need you to tend to this man. And he's like, well, my corporal's going to tell me what man comes in next. Well, 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 did you say who the guy is? It's TJ. It's TJ, one of the two guys that shot the deserter who she's been spying for at the oak tree. So yeah. they're good friends, her and TJ. Right. Okay. And so... He's like, well, like my corporal will bring in the next guy who needs it, no matter what he's wearing. And she's like, oh, I really doubt that. And then he's like, corporal, who should come in next? And the corporal's like, I guess this rep. triage. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is. Did I not? Like, oh, look, it's the one that, you know, because here's the thing. Everything's very <laughs> convenient in this book and nothing ever has any consequences. No that's actions right. have consequences that's and right. everything is convenient. So he invented triage. The rebel soldier does come in. He's going to take his leg because it's very likely to be infected. And TJ is like, please don't take the leg. I'd rather die. So instead of just being like, shut up, I'm taking your leg Hand me my bone saw, Kiernan. Yes. Instead of that, what Jesse does. And he does a hammer and he does a suture and he does uh, many things. Is he probably he invented decides, screwing bones back together, too. We don't know. Yeah. But he takes far longer yep. to do to take out every meticulous piece of bullet Metals. and ball and all that. He probably spends longer on this patient than any other while mm-hmm. everybody is dying outside. Yep. I'm just like, just saw off that leg, <laughs> tie it up, and move on to the next. You're a battlefield surgeon. Do your job. In the Civil War. Like, that's yeah. the only option they had, was just, like, yeah. pack it off, get to going. No, but Because Kiernan they don't have time. There's no time. Men well, are dying. But Kiernan looked at him with her moss green eyes and her bosoms all pushed up in her corset, and he was like, mm-hmm. I'll do anything you want. Anyway, she spends the whole day assisting him in his she surgeries. Helps him. Yeah. When she comes in, he says, oh, I'm so glad you're here, Kiernan. I need you. Mm-hmm. And, like, is like, hold on to this thing. And her 
instant reaction is to look around and try to figure out if there's somebody else that could be doing this. Of course. That's she how so she was raised. entitled. I swear to God. I swear. Okay. That's literally anyway, like, right. oh, that thing is across the room. I'm sure there is a slave who will get it for me. This fucking yeah. asshole. I just don't know how anyone can love anybody like her. Me okay. neither. Okay. So then in the night times. She... Oh, can I just say this? Say this. Oh, what? He says, today was a good day. We didn't lose any men today. Mm-hmm. She how? says, do you often lose men, Jesse? And he says, often enough, this is the civil fucking war. I know. You're telling me there was a battle and then guys came in. Actually, and I guess people weren't died. dying outside. They all lived. Heather. Nice. Okay. So then my note is she visit him in night and it finally on again. <laughs> it on. <laughs> and then, of course, right after the sex, they fight. You sound so excited. <laughs> like, it on. And you're like, uh. And then they fight. And then my note is every fucking time. Oh, um, and it's the same it's fight. It's the fight. same dialogue. Yeah. Every time. Except this time it's like, oh, I did this in Anthony's house and Anthony and Mar and he's like, you didn't love Anthony and bah. And then she's Again, like, well, I can't love a Yankee. Seeming to burn inside her until he touched her womb. Oh, wait. Oh, until God. he touched her womb, her heart, and her soul. And her soul. It's, it's more. It's more now. <laughs> that dick. Am I right, Aaron? Jeez. Yep. Okay. All right. Then she's like, I'm never going to touch him again. And then, it, of course, just like she never had to lie in the bed she made with Anthony, it says, and she never had to worry about that anymore because he got orders to leave. So yep. he fucks off. He goes to get a promotion in Washington or something, and she has her house back months go by that nobody cares about. And then you guys. She he again tries to get her to marry him before he leaves. Just oh, yeah. This say. is proposal. She like she's nine, like, I love you, I but think. I can't. I can't marry you. You're a Yankee. I didn't marry you before because you're a Yankee and I won't marry you now for the same reason. Don't you yep. understand? I'll never marry you, Jesse. Never. Oh, God. Can I just say that there are so many exclamation points in this book? <laughs> and like there are needless exclamation points. And then they'll be like, Jesse, blah, 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 blah. He whispered. And I'm just like, <laughs> why is there an exclamation point if he is whispering? Anyway. Okay. So, you guys, she goes to visit the deserted town of Harper's Ferry. This Wait. might be when West Virginia he is He rides formed. off. Oh, yeah. I just want, in case anyone's on Pegasus Watch, he rides off on the very <laughs> healthy and alive horse Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> he went away for years to war. Uh-huh. Rode Pegasus all around the war. Uh -huh. Pegasus, not a target. No. Doing well. Okay. All right. Doing fine. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, because Aaron's talking about the wars in, like, Kansas and Texas and stuff. Like, the ones pre-Civil War. And now this yeah. war. And Pegasus is yeah. G to G. Good to go. Bleeding Kansas, as Heather keeps telling us about. Oh, man. That's Pegasus right. was not bleeding. The only horse to survive, probably. Not a nick. All right. So she's visiting people, and then we find out that there is a sign. When he went up there and touched her womb and her heart and her soul, he uh -huh. left some behind, you guys. The gift she's of life? Was it a quickening? Super preggers. Was it, it was. It was a bit of a quickening. splooge of the miracle of 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could never write a book like this. Exclude <laughs> <laughs> like the miracle. All right. Okay. And so now she's had a bit of a change of heart and she's like, I think I could marry Jesse. Because, yeah. you guys, now that she has seen suffering happen in front of her face to white people, she's like, <laughs> oh, I don't know about this war anymore, you guys. I don't know. Yeah. Well, also TJ, who lived, by the way, of course, they yeah, didn't TJ's take fine. the leg and he lives forever. TJ was like, well, why don't you marry that guy? Clearly love each other. And she's like, well, he's a Yankee, so of course I can't marry him because I'm very immature. And TJ was like, well, you love a man. You don't love, you know, a Yankee mm-hmm. or a rebel. And she's like, huh. This is the second person mm-hmm. to tell her that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she thinks to herself, she would only marry him if it had nothing to do with the baby. If it was for her and not the baby. And my <laughs> Muppet note about this is ridiculous. Because it says, bitch, he asked you to marry him no less than 13 times. It won't be because baby. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then the 13-year-old fucks off for like a day and a half. I don't know how long it takes him to get to Jesse's brother in a battlefield somewhere in Virginia. But he goes there by himself. Nobody notices you guys. It's fine. He shows up to talk to Corporal Daniel. And... He tells him to get word to Jesse because he's going to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And like they have this whole conversation where he's like, the kids are fine with it because Jesse's a good man, even though he's a yank. And Mm -hmm. this exchange happens five times between Daniel and other people because (laughs) Daniel then goes, I think the same thing. And then somebody else will say, your brother's a good guy, except he's a yank. And he's like, I think the exact same thing. (laughs) It happens too many times. We skipped over this for good reason, but she's in town one time and somebody throws a tomato at her. <laughs> yeah, they're she's like, a Yankee loving whore. Yep. <laughs> and she's like very, you know, oh, I'm what a position I'm in. I'm unmarried and, you know, like I carrying the baby of this Yankee and whatever. And then she says, the situation is even worse. Kieran's scandal went beyond that. She was a widow of a fine Southern soldier who had laid down his life at Manassas. She was expecting the child of a Yank, and her husband had not even been dead a year. And it's like, Kiernan, this is all your fault. If you yeah. would have just married Jesse the at man the you beginning, love. if you would have not married Anthony like an idiot, you would not be in this problem. And she's very woe is me about, like, this has she all is. just happened to her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, none of this has happened to you. This is all your fault. Yeah. You deserve all these tomatoes. Not for the reasons they're throwing them, but you do deserve tomato splat. Anytime, right. honestly. Anytime somebody yeah. wants to throw a tomato at Kiernan, I'm cool with it. Yeah, but not because she's a Yankee-loving whore, but because she's no. just, like, bad at decisions and very immature. Anyway. And, yeah, for all the reasons we've previously said that we dislike yes. this Okay, <laughs> yes. so then she gets word that her dad is sick. She's going to okay. go home. Yeah. And then... Also, Daniel mentioned in his section that, like, there was going to be fighting near her home. That's why he's there or whatever. Here's the thing. We've got to take a real dangerous journey, Kiernan and the kids and the slaves. And we've got to get to Tidewater, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And we're very pregnant. Okay. We're very pregnant. Very danger and very pregnant. Wait, but first. Yes. We get a fine little dawn before the battle bro hug that happens. Oh, yeah. Little bro hug. Daniel 
gets word to Jesse and they like meet in the middle of a creek or something. And everybody on both sides is like, hey, make it quick because the fighting's about to start and we don't want to like shoot you. So get out of the way. So they have this whole talk. Daniel's like, you're going to be a dad. And Jesse's like, land sakes, I'm going to be a dad. That just chaps my cheese or whatever. Stop and it. then <laughs> that's not even on your list. My heart's not in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what's great is Daniel's like, Jesse, have you considered marrying Kiernan? You yeah. should probably marry Kiernan. My now. favorite. Like, I've been trying to marry Kiernan for 15 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> great. So then the battle happens. And it's really cute because they're like, hey guys, we're about to start shooting. Daniel ruins everything by being like, is she still at Montemarty? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. Guys, we're about to start shooting. Yeah. And then they're both like, keep your head down. And then they're like, you know, trying to get each other to leave, but they still want to hug more. And it's very, very cute and broly or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then Jesse has a long day of doctoring. Mm -hmm. And then he goes back into the field because the North is doing a strategic retreat. And so he's like, I'm going to go back into the field and I'm going to stay in this field hospital. I'm going to see if there's anybody alive to like finish doctoring before I leave too. I don't know if that's a thing. I cannot comment on that because that's not a thing I know about. Anyway. I don't know either, but if it's a thing, Jesse Cameron likely invented it. (laughs) He did. So he goes back into the battlefield and super conveniently, Daniel is about 10 steps to his right. And Daniel's like, Jesse. I've been shot. I got shot by a bullet. Yeah, that's right. So then Jesse picks him up. He gets fought by some Confederates being like, you're not going to take him and the whole thing. But then he... They think he's capturing him. Yeah. They convince him... He convinces them that he is, in fact, his brother, and they fuck off to get healed. Then we cut to Kiernan. She's about to go on the danger journey that Aaron alluded to earlier. She's been done on this danger journey for some time, but we've oh, like been losing a, a lot of it. There's <laughs> like, she had to flirt with a dude for the danger journey. Yeah. Jacob called her a slut for it. And That's she's like, right. listen, sometimes we got to flirt for danger journey, okay? That's right. This is where she gets uh, to go to the got... fancy restaurant while all of her friends go and oh, find God. them lodging and stuff. Yeah. Because they're just pals doesn't matter, who like doesn't to do matter. that for her. <sighs> but then she's on the road with her wagon and all her peeps. And then there's just a wall of Yankee soldiers. So she's never seen so many Yankee soldiers in her life. No, she comes waddling out from the wagon, very pregnant. And she's like, let me pass. I need to go home to see my sick father. And they're like, we know you. You're a spy that everybody knows about. So be cool, Mrs. Miller. And we're taking you to the general. Miller munitions. So they take her to the general, who is not Jeb Stewart. Because this is the Yankee army. I would kind of like it to read a book where all the generals are Jeb Stewart, <laughs> written by, by Heather Graham. Anyway, she goes and meets with the general. I honestly didn't understand how this happened because she's standing there for like 15 minutes and then she bursts in on these generals and she's like, not only have you taken over my land and my life and my house, but you're also rude. And yes. they're like, we are rude. We should be chatting with you. And then somehow in that like 10, 15 minutes, Jesse has gotten word that she's there. Come yeah. from his field hospital, which is like, fuck away. I don't know how long. Like, they Melody. have retreated from Melody. there. Melody. And he's concocted Pegasus. a plan. 
Pegasus. You're so right. The Pegasus fastest, got in there. smartest, healthiest horse in <laughs> all of Virginia. Literally bulletproof. <laughs> so and bullet fast. <laughs> all right. So he rides. So up, he shows up. And you want to know what he looks like? Her. Because I do think we're missing yeah. a little bit of Jesse being a sexy man because he is. Jesse's a sexy man, he, you guys. Jesse can get it. I know we've been kind of glossing over the fact that Jesse can get it, but he can. Mm. I know, I know. There's those slaves. I know. He's got some complications. He always (laughs) does say that he's going to free his slaves. So, so do a lot of fucking people. I'll believe it when I see it. Listen, he's handsome, and just give me this paragraph. (laughs) His hair was totally disheveled, his black locks falling over his stormy eyes. He was hatless, and his high black boots were covered with the mud that had splashed on him on his way here. His fingers closing harshly round her arms were hard and taut, almost brutal. But in his whisper, brief, desperate, was intended for her ears only. Help me, Kiernan. Play along with me. So, Kiernan now may be the dumbest person I've the ever read about in a romance novel. Ever. And that includes Listen, what are eggs? What are eggs? <laughs> we read about a woman who did not understand how eggs happen. <laughs> or and how that to was literally written, pick them up with her fist. That was like, unironically written into an actual book. And Kiernan may be dumber. So this guy <laughs> leans into her and says, play along with me. I need your me. help. Yeah. And he said it sexily, if you noticed. Of okay. course. So then he's like, I know what happened with you, madam. Your dubious pregnancy. I don't even think it is my child. I don't yeah. know what you okay. did with all those Confederates coming and going out of your house at all hours of the he's night. He's like, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> he just goes into this whole thing. And then she's thinking, this is in italic, this so is, it's happening yeah. in her brain. Play along with me. Had she imagined the words or had they been real? What was he doing to her? Everyone could hear his voice as he made a horrible mockery of her and everything that passed between them. Her cheeks were surely blood red, and despite his whisper, she was hurt and furious. What are you talking about? she demanded. <laughs> I won't marry you, Kiernan. I won't do it. She gasped, stunned. What could be bringing about this kind of behavior in Jesse? <laughs> I don't need to be taken home, and you're the last man I'd ever marry, she cried out, shaken and enraged. Dear God, this couldn't be Jesse with his eyes on fire, his hold so brutal, (laughs) doing this to her in front of all these people, making a fool of her and a bastard of himself. Play along with me, he had said. Well, she hoped she was playing along as he wanted. She was confused and furious and miserable. (laughs) <laughs> and she wanted desperately to be away from him and every Yankee there. Let go of me, she demanded. Wildly, she tried to kick him. He wrenched her hard against him and she struggled more desperately. Jesse, you blue-bellied fool, I'm not in any condition. Liar, he charged. I swear to God, he keeps being like, insinuating that she's begging. What he wants yeah. is for her to beg him to marry her uh-huh. and say that this is his child. And she keeps being like, I dare you. you. Get away from me, Yankee fool. I hope this is what he's wanting you to do. I swear. Why is he behaving so? This like three pages of Incredible. her just like, carry the one. And that equals, no, not that way. I just don't understand. Let me work it out. I'm not a mathologist. But he did say, play along with me. But this wasn't how Jesse usually behaves. He never has three cups of coffee at home. 
Like, I swear <laughs> to God, it was the weirdest. I've never read a dumber three pages. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So then, basically, sorry, by the wait, end of this, somehow sorry, we're... Sorry, okay. sorry, 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 <laughs> Damn you, lady, I won't marry you. He was still playing some game. This wasn't Jesse. <laughs> because of his upbringing and his sense of right and wrong, he would have demanded that the mother of his child marry him, no matter what his feelings for her. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> it goes on and on oh and on. God. Okay. So then, then, finally, the ruse is explained. He's trying to make it so that the general forces him to marry her. And it gets to the point where this whole time he's been ranting and raving, it's not my kid, I'm not marrying you, blah, 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 blah. And the guy, the general is like, Miss Miller, is this his child, do you think? And she hesitates for so long that Jesse has to go, <laughs> of course, all right, fine, I do agree it's my child. Yes, I believe it was my child, so I guess. This is true, and I should marry her, according to everyone, and that is good because I, it is my child, and I definitely impregnated her. Like, <laughs> 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 this poor man. Anyway, okay. they get married by a preacher right there, and she finds out that Jesse has Daniel, like, put away somewhere in a cubbyhole or something, and... He needs okay. an excuse to get leave to get and take leave. him home. Yeah, because if he patches him up there, he's going to be taken to a Yankee war prison. And so, and he's going to die. So he needs to get him away, sneak him away. Okay, I want to read you two passages. I know, I know, but it's important. No, no, okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm the taskmaster here. Okay. <laughs> so this is before, so they force them to get married. Force, mm -hmm. quote unquote. They do. They get married. This is before the marriage where she's still like, what is this ruse? Okay. <laughs> she straightened her shoulders and spoke with dignity to the general. You bastard Yanks! Exclamation point. She said softly. You yeah. invaded my house and used it as you would. You threatened my life. You killed my husband. And blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that is when she does not know that a mm -hmm. ruse is afoot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I've got to flip some pages here. Okay. So then afterwards, they're still not going to let Jesse go. Right. And she realizes she has to do a ruse herself now so that they let Jesse go. You guys, she's so good at ruses. Yeah. Aces. You better okay. wait for it. Aaron's going to read it to you. Jesse had once accused her of being a wonderful actress. Now it was time for her abilities to be <laughs> tested. <laughs> oh, she cried out. She fell flat on the ground, doing her best not to jeopardize the baby. I cannot. Can you imagine how carefully she fell to the ground? <laughs> oh, she said. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesse was instantly at her side, setting his arm around her shoulders, pulling her against him. Oh, Jesse, the baby. Oh. So then she says, No. She struggled against Jesse's hold as hysterically as she could. No, you despicable Yankees. You invaded my home. You took everything. You ravaged my life. And now you expect me to have a child in a battlefield? This is her acting. Uh-huh. It is exactly the same as yep. she would have acted had they said, you have to have your child here in the battlefield. We're mm -hmm. not letting him go. It's also the because exact same sentiment. Because she said those sentiment. exact words. Yeah. Yeah. And almost verbatim. Heather yes. Graham. 
pre-wedding when she was like, what is a ruse? Anyway, you bastard Yankees. <laughs> like, I swear. So weird. So weird. Anyway, so they get the lead well, and, then, and he and this goes. Is, wait, this is one moment where I was like, Jesse, this makes no sense in your whole thing. You're giving yourself away because this whole time he's been like, I'm not marrying you, you Confederate slut. And then the moment that they are married, <laughs> listen, that's what he was saying. No, I just really love Confederate slut as a... <laughs> I really want to use it now. I can't. We're all Alaskans up here. Sucks. No, he can't. I'll find a Southerner. Be, I'll find one. <laughs> so then the preacher's like, well, this is normally where I'd tell you to kiss the bride, but that doesn't seem like the kind of wedding we're having here today. And he's and like, like, oh, you best believe this is the kind of wedding we're having. And so then he takes her behind a tent to smooch her up real good and then bring her back. Yeah. Neither and of them make any sense. They smooch back there for like 20 minutes and then they're like, yeah. wait a minute, Daniel's dying. Yeah. <laughs> da, da, da. Okay. Okay, so now we have to finish the since, danger journey. Okay, but since he rode off, yeah. she has been like, I made a huge mistake. I should have married Jesse. I right. love Jesse. I should have married Jesse. Now I'm never going to see him again. Mm-hmm. Can I marry Jesse? But I love Jesse, but I should have married Jesse. And now I don't know if I'm ever going to see him again. That and was also, a good right. 1,000 pages, maybe. I, I about, know. yeah. Yeah, it felt like it. So now, once they got married, she's like, just so you know, I don't love you and yeah. I married you because I love Daniel, your brother, the Confederate, and I want him to live. So mm-hmm. I just want you to understand we are not married like in a love way. Right. I married you for a force way. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, all right. Or a marriage of convenience way. Yeah. Well, because like, he's like, basically, you forced me to do this. That I, well, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense because she's like, I did this conveniently for Daniel. And he's like, but isn't it convenient and cool that we yeah. are married? She's like, I didn't need to be married for convenience. Like, she literally, she, oh God, that exchange actually happens. Anyway, yes. so they're on this journey. And first they meet up with a Yankee, right? Yeah, so there's I mean, two doesn't times matter. I have to point out one thing. Okay, real quick. So yeah. we've already seen. I the probably N-word. do too. I'm just not there yet. Yeah, no. Well, we've seen the N word spoken by a black oh, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Then the word "darky" is said three times, mm-hmm. and it's all right here, isn't it? Like in these, yeah, right here. So the first time is a Union soldier talking to Tyne. And he literally mm-hmm. addresses him as that word. Mm-hmm. The next time is Jesse using it to another Union soldier to like keep him on side and be like, well, mm-hmm. the only thing I have in the back of my cart is my wife, two children, and then two of that word. And then the only time that the word is spoken next, it's the only time that a Confederate soldier uses it. After they meet up with this Yankee situation, the next thing that happens is they have to fight off a bunch of rebel deserters. Yeah, there's just two squabbles, skirmishes that they have. Yeah. And he skirmishes it up by himself and like Daniel gets a kind of couple of shots in, which is like... He does the thing where it's like you think somebody's going to yeah. shoot somebody and then a shot rings out from nowhere yeah, that, and then it's Daniel, the one that, that was almost two or dead three times sitting in this up novel in the, too. It's very Western. Yeah. And then the third time that that word is used, they meet up with a Confederate cavalry Mm -hmm. battalion. And the Confederate also uses it in Mm -hmm. a descriptive way. 
all I see here is a yank of this, of that, mm-hmm. and of that. So in this mm-hmm. whole novel that has been set in the South, that has been from the perspective of slave owners and enmeshed completely with Southerners, three out of the four times that a racial slur is used, it's either a black man or union soldiers. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself, Heather Graham. Mm, okay. Stop whitewashing yes. this. I honestly didn't notice that at all like right. i'm really glad i mean i noticed the words like i saw the words and i was like Ugh. but i didn't have the like dig deep in my yeah. perspective to see who was saying them and like analyze that i'm really glad it's you so did because that's and, really important you know what the other thing is i think the other thing that really really makes me mad about tyne specifically is like that's not a word that came from africa you know that is a word that was ascribed to black people by white Southerners who were attempting to dehumanize them. And so... But I'm sure people at the time used it to describe themselves. I'm not as worried about that. That's I'm what I'm that saying. they are the only like, times in the book. I yeah. don't think that like it was oh, ever okay. said by black folks to talk about other black folks. I'm saying that it's really, really fucked up that this incredibly hurtful slur that was used as a weapon in order to dehumanize black people was only used like that ascribed word was only used by the person it was used to persecute fuck you oh anyway Mm -hmm. i had such a problem with tyne as a character in general because he's 18 19 years old He's kind of the only slave left in the right. plant. It's not a plantation, the the manor or whatever, who can like do work because his dad's elderly and Janie, I think, is elderly and also a woman. And his little brother's only eight. Sure. I honestly miss the little brother like entirely. <gasps> oh, I didn't. You want to know why? Why? Because the only thing that was said about the little brother slave is that he was so smart and so cool oh, because God. the little sister took time to read to him. Of course. Because what a not gift. all slave owners. Mm. But the only descriptors we got of Tyne was strong as an ox. Yep. Oh, strong you know, just as an a ox lot made of me these, so mad. I think that's it. I think that's all we know about Tyne is that he's strong as an ox. It's said several times. And I just felt yeah. like it was such a stereotype of like, Oh, it's this guy. Like, okay. I know what well, that guy again, is from. Used in this context, that phrase is incredibly dehumanizing, Heather yes! Graham. Yes. So I just, uh. I have a big problem with Tyne in general that, I don't know. They were all just so like. <sighs> he was done super note, dirty. Each yeah. of them was a stereotype of like just a good hearted person who can't wait to work mm-hmm. for you and is real good at it. It's so efficient mm-hmm. and so strong and it's just gross. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So they get done with Danger Journey. Well, in this last skirmish, yeah. What's his face? Jesse is is shot. Death. Yeah, is shot, and she runs over to him, and his whole chest is bloody, and he's got his arm over his chest, and he's like, "I'm dying," and she's like, "I do love you. I want to be married for you for real. I'm so sorry I didn't get married to you because of Daniel. Yeah, I got married because of honor and obey, and I'm gonna love you forever." And he's like, "Promise me." That you'll love me until I die. And she's like, I promise. I always have. It's always been you, Jesse. Always. Exclamation point. Exclamation point forever. She and whispered. Then, yeah, she whispered. <laughs> he pulled back his arm. And guess what, guys? Guess where the bullet went? 
grazed his it arm. Just like grazed his arm. Other bullets. She's like, you fake, you faked it, and you you tricked me. And he's like, I tricked you into loving me forever, and now we're gonna be in love right. forever. And then they get back to think, Tidewater, Virginia, the most perfect place in the I world. I was hoping. I was like, oh, good. The book's over now. No. Nope. Then she... Oh, God. She passes she out, has, thank goodness, so we don't see the rest of the journey. She pops out this baby. I herbsed it hard. I was like, flip, 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 baby, baby, baby. <laughs> Happily ever after. The end. <laughs> this bitch, you And guys, I did a really mean thing. <laughs> she screenshotted the part where this baby explodes out of our heroine's vagina. <laughs> And then highlighted it and texted it to me. So I had to read it because I assumed it was like a part of the book that was going to be important for our discussion today. And it wasn't. It was just terrorism. (laughs) That is the definition of terrorism. When you do something to inflict terror on another person, that is what it is. And you did it to me. I did. The exact phrase is, she felt the child expulse from her body. My God. Is that what it's like? (laughs) <laughs> well now we know but i mean probably by that time her womb was all stretched out from you know what all the sex all the all the boning up, up in to her, her heart yeah her womb and her she was soul. always all up in her womb all the time it's true it's true i didn't think of that Man. all right happily ever after she had a leg up loose ends that are never tied up slaves what happened mm. to any of the slaves? Not tied up. There was something else that was not tied up that I was like really upset about, but now I don't remember what it was. So I mean, there are a seventy million bajillion things. Yeah, probably to be upset about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're done. We did it. Yeah. Did you yeah, know you that know... Heather Graham was a professional model before she decided to write romance novels? Oh, yeah. I saw that in her author's note, too. I don't give a fuck. Her author's note is like, Heather Graham has a big family. And before she wrote romance novels, she was a model. And that's the whole thing. Well, I <laughs> it's Googled not, her. In 2013, she won a Lifetime Achievement Award from RWA. It's not, she's yeah. written 200 books. It's not any of that. It's like, oh, by the way, I used to model professionally. Right. <laughs> like, whatever. Well, I gave her a Google. And, I did too. Uh, That's how I learned the other things about her. Why not list your accomplishments, not the fact that you used to model? It's so bro Well, did you see that, like, windswept author oh, photo? Oh, yes. yes. Was, like, there was a literal fan in front of her, I think. Uh-huh, I don't yeah. know. Which is, I mean, that's fine. Whatever. That's fine. She's funny she, to me. It, The writing is flowery inventive yeah descriptive okay so i know that i like you know we both cope with humor so the reason that in the first episode i googled three whole pages of ridiculous southern phrases so that i could like feel better about life in the world or whatever Mm -hmm. but i don't know like in all seriousness i don't think i can read another antebellum or civil war book if the characters aren't like part of the underground railroad or if it's just whitewashed in this way like i feel like i could have read a book about these two characters if they were written differently maybe but it's similar to like reading a nazi romance i have a hard time right because i was wrestling with this throughout the week because i was like you know a there were a lot of southern people who were against slavery right Mm -hmm. but like Lacey and Thomas in this book, the two people who didn't own slaves and were against slavery. I mean, they suck too. They suck too because yeah. they certainly weren't doing anything to help. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. And it's like, yeah. you don't have to work in the concentration camp to support the Nazi regime. And in this way, like, you don't have to own slaves. You're still fighting to keep the system in place. And that system is slavery. I mean, but then again, like, it would be just as hard for me to read a book about a Union soldier who was actively racist, you know? Like, I don't think that those people can be redeemed and I don't want to root for an HEA for them, you know? And like this book in particular just pissed me off so much because I said it before, but like this version of the South didn't exist. This is the myth that we tell ourselves now Mm -hmm. to make ourselves feel better and to make it so that we can have our like beautiful plantation weddings without acknowledging the fact that the plantations we're standing on were built on the backs of people who were tortured and raped and fucked over for hundreds of years. I could read a book about good people. These people are not good people, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's not a time period problem. It's a these people are bad people problem, I guess, the point I was trying to make. But I feel like it is more complicated than that because this book's whole argument, the whole thesis is not all slave owners. Oh, yeah. And my thing is, I don't think I can read a book about slave owners because the myth we tell ourselves 100% agree is that it's somewhere okay. Some slaves loved it, like all of that. But there is absolutely no historical evidence that any of that is true. That's just what we tell ourselves yeah. to make us feel better and to like be okay yeah. with keeping our Confederate monuments up and having our plantations be the site of these beautiful events and All of that nonsense. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. At the beginning, I kind of thought like in the last episode, I said after the prologue, I thought that maybe I could like her or like Mm -hmm. like them. But that's because I thought that the prologue was like at the beginning of the book. And it turns out it's like three fourths in. And I thought that prologue where she's like, oh, I'm friends with my slaves and I'm an idiot and a racist and a slave Mm -hmm. owner. Like I thought maybe it was going to be an arc like she's going to then open up her house to like be this hospital and figure out like humanity and that she was wrong and that you can't be fucking friends with your slaves because it's in the prologue she says that thing about like oh i haven't figured out the technicality of like freeing all these people yeah and i thought maybe in the book she would be like oh my god like what a terrible person i am what a character arc i'm on and of course i must free these people and like i was so wrong to reject jesse uh because you know he's fighting for all these ideals but then it turns out he's not fighting for all these ideals and that scene actually happens like three-fourths in and she has no character growth and neither does he and yeah that's i don't know that's what i think is the most infuriating thing to me about this book because i just feel like i was sort of bait and switched you know like Uh the the fucking title makes me think that like whoever is wearing blue made a choice because of principles yeah. that i thought was going to be anti-slavery and goodness and kindness and well human. and you think that the <sighs> that the other one is gonna like come around like come around right. in some way or maybe like the go- the girl's a confederate but like secretly she's like a spy for the union she can't tell anybody that including him so like she can't marry him or i don't know so- something some- something something that is fucking different than this yeah something different fucking redeemable if you can be redeemable after 
a lifetime of slavery built upon tons of generations of of slave owning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know what would have made these people redeemable. All I know is that this definitely fucking wasn't it. No, no. And it just. Well, there was there was no growth at all. No. I mean, and and you know what? I, I don't know. I guess my biggest thing is I. I am scared to even try another one of these books because frankly Same. I just don't I just don't trust nice white ladies to get it right. You know, like well, I mean quote unquote like, like, oh, we just love the it's just cultural or you know, this is just a like fuck fuck you. <laughs> just I don't want even though we I feel like we read this book and we pretty much trashed this book mm. all the way through um except for like a couple of bantery scenes that were okay to read i don't want to read another one of these and like do a little instagram post of like this is the book we read go buy yeah. it and stuff you know it's like i think it's important that we know that these books are out there because right. this book's still on the market it's being sold no one's knocking down the door for heather graham to like not have this book published anymore yeah, can I tell or not you sell it angry like i am that i bought this fucking thing and it's too yeah, late to too. return it i gave her money I for this book i hate this yeah and you know so i think it is in some ways important to say hey this shit's still out there you guys but i also don't want i don't want our podcast elevating it anyway or, or conning people into reading it because we publish the book list Months before we read the books advance. And then we don't, Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't read all the books before the booklet, like it's physically impossible for me to know. And then people go out and buy it because they want to listen to the podcast and then it's fucking this. I know. I know. It makes me really uncomfy and really feel really gross. I just feel really gross about this whole thing anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do any more of these either. I am. I don't regret necessarily doing this one, though, because I do think it's important to talk about the fact that yeah. this stuff is still out there and people are still reading it. Well, and, um, and, and if you frankly, read it in 1991 and you liked it, maybe you forgot how yeah, bad, you know, like completely. The, I mean, somebody like recommended this. Right. Yeah. And like, I do think as much as this turned my stomach the whole time to read, I do also think that it's important to talk about when given the opportunity considering the white nationalists that are just being so (laughs) emboldened in the u.s right now and yeah like they've always been there right so i sort of want to use the phrase come out of the woodwork because now it just Mm -hmm. seems like it's totally safe and acceptable to have these views which just it just kills me to my core so i I Mm -hmm. do think it's important to to when given the opportunity not shy away from these sorts of discussions i do right i do wish that i had finished the whole book before we did the bulk of the first we episode did part one? yeah yeah because there's four parts to this you guys and we only read part one i feel so dumb about before- that yeah me too you know we need to finish the book so we don't yeah because we yeah. were both like i mean i, I hope chance. this is an arc and we were like trying yeah, to be like turns give out this the benefit of the doubt and it did not deserve it fuck Anyway, you know, talking about like people coming out of the woodwork, it's also like people not. <sighs> Heather Graham won a Lifetime Achievement Award I from Irving Way in 2013. I know. That's not that long ago. And like 
I said like, hey, why aren't people beating down the door for her to not have this book published? I mean, there's thousands of these out there. No. That are and and not only are we talking about like white nationalist sort of stuff or whitewash sort of stuff. We're talking about like rapey books and, you know, like sure. no one's saying, Hey, let's not have these like Joanna Lindsay books out there either. Like not only that, but like, why doesn't Heather Graham unpublish these books? Yeah. If I'm an author who published something 20, 30 years ago that I'm now like, Ooh, oof. Yeah. Wouldn't you, I mean, I guess this is who she is. So she probably doesn't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know her story. I don't know her deal. I well, just she used know... to be a model. I do know that. <laughs> All right, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but why would uh, we take some responsibility and like say, I'm not going to sell this book anymore? Yeah, yeah, I would, and I would I, hope so. I think that's true of so many like romance novelists that have been around a really long time. Why, why? Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's an, that's an interesting question I hadn't even considered. Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about it yesterday. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that if you were hoodwinked like us into buying this problematic book, we said in our first Instagram post, but like Alyssa Cole has um, the Loyal League series. That's a Civil War Times book that is centered around people of color. And it's completely gorgeous and thoughtful and wonderful, um, just like all of her work. Um, this year, I mean, Beverly Jenkins has a ton, uh, has a bunch of, of Civil War books and, and you know, from all time periods and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2019, this year, she um, she published Rebel. So that mm-hmm. is definitely something. That and you if can... you were at KissCon, you got an arc of it signed by yeah. Beverly Jenkins. If oh you were um, if you were not so hung over that you couldn't attend the <laughs> final breakfast, you know who I'm talking to. There's three of you HBs. and I'm talking directly to you. Yes. <laughs> Didn't see you at the breakfast, ladies. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a good book. I got an arc of it. Yeah. And if yeah. you need to bleach your brain or you need to replace this content or you just want to support own voices and good representation of this america times those are two authors you can check out right now and i think that that would be a good way to combat all the gross that came out of these past two episodes yeah we tried to do our best <laughs> with, the, with the coverage of this book i know I, and i just feel so wanting well i mean yeah 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 it sucks because we can't and this is getting long probably I know. um but like but we can't screen them out ahead of time. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, we can't, we're not going to find out until like halfway through the week. And then we, well, what do we just not, we don't have an episode or we don't read the I book. Know. Like, I don't know what the solution is, guys. If you, it's if you're also, listening to this and you're like, um, the solution is super fucking clear to me. Right. And this is what they need to do. Let us know. Like, I, I just don't, we're but, at a loss. But also it's like, I mean, then do we try to contact the person that gave the five-star review and say, can you offer right. something else? Like, if they don't, if well, they didn't email us or whatever, we don't, we don't know how to contact we don't know who them. You are. And then, and also, like some people are giving us five star reviews and giving us books that they know we're gonna shit all over. Yeah. Like, ha ha ha! Check out this classic one where, like, right. uh, which is also know. fine. This yeah. just crossed a line for me that was harder. This was just, I think it, I think it might just be too. I mean, it's not as if rape culture is gone, right? But 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just worse because of all the terrible that is currently happening and all the the David Dukes that are getting mm-hmm. basically endorsed by our president. And like, I just, mm-hmm. it's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> Agree. Um, <laughs> this has been a laugh riot here at the end of the podcast. Uh, hope you guys are <laughs> having fun out there. Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right, Aaron. We need lady loves. I have a weird one. Are you ready? Yeah, I love your. It's a weird, weird show. I love it so much, deep in my heart. It is an HBO show entitled mm-hmm. Los Espookies, and it is my what? very favorite thing. And it has been my favorite thing for a long time. And I kept being like, "No, this isn't the episode to say Los Espookies because it's like, you know, the Civil War episode or whatever." But I just, <laughs> you guys, this show. It's all in Spanish. It is about, it is like, it's indescribable. It's so super duper weird. It's about a group of friends who are in a club of create, they like to create spooky things. Okay. And they get hired by people to create various spooks, uh, like sea monsters and aliens. No, no, like the four of them are friends in a club. Okay. And, like, one of them is the heir to, like, a chocolate fortune. And they're trying to marry him to the heir to, like, a cookie fortune. Oh, no. But he's, like, the heir apparent. He's, like, adopted by this family. And he has, like, a very dark history of, like, a nunnery left him on the, like, steps of it. Like, it's just really super weird. It's (laughs) really, really funny. And there are, like, these notes of like magic in it that are not i don't even know how to say it like that character just happens to have an amulet that when he looks at he can see where his boyfriend juan carlos is and what he's doing and that amulet (laughs) is never explained he just pulls it out every once in a while he's like oh what is juan carlos doing Mm, he's sitting by the pool and like puts it back in his pocket and like appears to him and he has like a demon living inside of him a water demon that lives inside of him and has a secret she needs to reveal to him but only if he shows her the king's speech but oh he, like, gosh. can't get the king's speech <laughs> because he's in the wrong region to get it streaming. So, like, he's on this quest to get, like, Los Discursos del Rey, like, streaming. <laughs> it's the weirdest. And that's just his narrative. There's another one that's selling Herbalife that's, like, being hunted <laughs> by the CEO of Herbalife. It's so funny. It's Wait, and even this more is... funny if you're Spanish-speaking. But it's a subtitled so show. this is in Spanish? Yes. Okay. And Fred Armisen is in it. He plays an uncle that is like a valet parking attendant in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he's the best valet parking. Per- he can park any car in any spot. Like if the <laughs> spot is the size of a postage stamp, he can park that car. And he's like very, very proud. Incredible. <laughs> of his talents. Nice work. Yeah. It's very weird. You'll love it. I promise. Yay. Mine is actually sort of two things. We just watched all of the boys on Prime and Mm -hmm. like it's dark. It's based on the comic and it's all about superheroes like in a world where superheroes aren't necessarily good. They're just powered. So that's really, really good. And then I'm linking these two together because if you like the like main kid on the boys, then you should check out plus one 
Plus one is a rom-com that is currently on Hulu. It's so good. Jack Quaid is in it. He's the kid from The Boys. And then Maya, I think it's Erskine. I don't know. Erskine, E-R-S-K-I-N-E. And she was on the Hulu show Casual. She's super good. And it's all about these two people who decide to attend every wedding they have that summer together just so like they don't have to do the horrible wedding slog alone as Mm -hmm. like single and heartbroken. It's wonderful. It starts off as like sort of a two miserable people slash enemies to lovers kind of situation. And then all of a sudden it just gets amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. And uh, yeah, so both of those are most excellent. Sounds great. Yeah. You should definitely check those out. Oh, also, Aaron. Yes. I don't know if I texted you this. Probably not. Jupiter Ascending has showed up on Netflix. Oh, yes, you did. Hey, listen. Shout out. Anna yeah. S. Yeah. Loves Jupiter Ascending. <gasps> and we were all sitting together. I don't think we were shitting on Jupiter Ascending, but I think I went off on a, like, this movie mm-hmm. is bonkers ball to the wall, like, bananas it count. It is, like, the plot makes zero sense whatsoever. And there's yet a it part, makes so much sense. No. There's a part where she controls bees for no reason. I just went off on this, like, whole thing of, like, what is this movie? And then Anna S., who is the quietest, she was very just, like, kind of there for the ride at KissCon, like, very yeah. quiet uh, at the beginning. She loosened up at the end. But at the beginning, <laughs> she had not said a word to me. And then she was just quietly, like, I love Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt so bad because I'm like, this is the first thing she said all weekend. And I just (laughs) shot all over this thing. I love it a little bit ironically, but I do love it. Like, it's a rewatch for sure. I love it. I love it. But that doesn't mean that I think it makes sense because it doesn't. Listen, I will believe that as our origin story slash our demise story. (laughs) I believe it. There. I'm fine with that. Oh, Jupiter <laughs> ascending. All right. You can find us on all the places. On Instagram, we are at Heaving Bosoms. Twitter is at Heaving underscore Bosoms. We love it when you follow us and comment and like chat with us about things. Facebook is Heaving Bosoms Podcast. And then we have The Cult, which is our closed group, the Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult, where all of the best things happen every day. And then we have our website, which is heavingbosomspodcast.com. And from there, you can find a link to our Patreon. It's under bonus content. But if you want to go straight to the Patreon and throw some sisters some dollars, that is patreon.com forward slash heavingbosomspodcast. And we have merch on Redbubble. Yeah. Extra Christina Lauren content on Patreon. That's right. Another 15 minutes or so of all your cult questions. Engage with us. Now, Aaron, I would like for you to keep being a badass. (laughs) Yes. A dick that touches your heart, womb. And your soul. And your soul. (laughs) Wrapping your finger around the miracle life splooge. (laughs) And just hooking that finger right around that that shaft living of living steel life. Yeah, steal life. Yeah, yeah. Love yourself as much as you love that. 
And then love yourself even more by reaching down into the nest of curls oh, to give the sacks that a little tickle. Erotic nest. And then just Got dig it. in there as deep tickle as you can. it up. And just find those just find sensitive them. sacks. Ah. And then love yourself that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>